You're listening to the Josh Parnell Leadership Podcast. We all have leadership within us. And once we understand how to challenge perceived limitations, we're able to influence those we're leading. Josh is a leadership coach, trainer, and speaker. He's also a veteran of the United States Air Force with over 20 years of leadership experience. Are you ready to transform your leadership skills by tapping into unrecognized potential to achieve limitless results? Let's get ready for liftoff. It's time to go from great to greater. Here's Josh in today's episode. Welcome to the Josh Parnell Leadership Podcast. Each episode, we look to transform our leadership skills by tapping into unrecognized potential to achieve limitless results. If you haven't done so, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast episode. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. The more reviews we receive, the more this podcast is able to reach people and build leaders. So leave a review, share with your friends and family, and speaking of friends and family, today's guest is actually both for me. For the second week in a row, I have the privilege of saying that our guest today is definitely my favorite guest I've had on this podcast because our guest today is a mother, a licensed professional counselor. She's the newest coach we just brought on board, the Limitless Leadership Team. She's joining us as a mindset coach. Today's guest is my wife, Jean-Vier Parnell. Jean-Vier, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're actually airing this episode on Valentine's Day, and you are my forever Valentine, so I am so thankful that you are on this uh, per, this uh, podcast. But, you know, we're joining... Oh. Did you ask me to be your Valentine? Oh, my... <laughs> yeah, I put, being put on the spot. <laughs> Jean-Vier, will you be my Valentine? Yes. Whew, good. <laughs> Guys almost dodged a bullet on that one. Jeez. Hey, yeah, hopefully you're not coming here for marriage advice, but I hope you are coming here for... Advice on how to level up emotionally. You know, um, you are a licensed professional counselor. You are a mindset coach, and you are incredible at what you do. And so, I'm excited for you to share with the audience how we can level up emotionally in our everyday life. But before we do that, go ahead and share with the audience who you are. Give us all the details about Jean Vier Parnell. <laughs> well, thank you for that intro, and thank you for having me on today. Um, so thank you for that intro. I am a native Houstonian, went to the University of Houston downtown. I've got two wonderful boys, met this amazing man right here, um, got married, and we added two more kids to our to our family together. So um, yes, I'm a mother of, of four kids. Um, I've got my master's in clinical mental health counseling. I've um, been a teacher and uh, after teaching, I decided that I was really, really interested in uh, mental health and and um, working with others to improve their quality of life. And so I got my master's in clinical mental health counseling and went on to get multiple cert- certifications to be a counselor. Um, I was a school counselor for a little while, for about six years. And um, in between there, I did some psychiatric work with um, acute mental health disorders. And yeah, I think that kind of sums, sums it up. So, and now I am going to be the newest mindset coach with Limitless Leadership. And so I'm pretty excited about that. And we're excited to have you on the team. You know, this is, a, this is brand new information. I mean, as of a week ago, so we made the announcement, but um, I personally couldn't be more excited. I mean, of course I'm biased, but I will say, I'm, I'm really happy to say that you have not only been Someone who has been incredibly special to me in my life. I mean, obviously, as a best friend, as my wife. But you know, I jokingly say that um, you know I, that I have my own free counselor that I get free counseling from quite often, and probably too much, um, yeah. if you ask me sometimes. But <laughs> but the reality is, I, I I really am appreciative of that because 
you've taught me so much in how to um, be able to manage my emotions um, in an appropriate way. You know, I think emotional regulation for a lot of folks is something that we often struggle with. And I'm, yeah, I'll be um, the first to say that I'm, I'm one of those people. And there's a reason why I get into this topic quite often, even with a lot of my, my coaching clients, we talk about how, um, you know, when emotions are high, logic is low. And sometimes I, you know, sometimes my logic is not in the best place possible because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with managing my emotions. You've done a phenomenal job of helping me learn how to regulate my emotions. Additionally, you've also helped me, helped me with communication. And, you know, something that we talk regularly about is how communication is often the number one challenge that most companies are dealing with, but that also translates into the home as well. Definitely. And so being able to recognize how important it is to acknowledge what is being shared from your partner or from your colleague um, to to make sure that you're validating their feelings, to listen empathetically. These are all things that I coach, but I'm able to coach because of your coaching with me. And so uh, when I say that I'm a product of your mindset coaching, uh, I really am. And I I really appreciate that. Of course. Um, my first question for you, Jean Vier, is, um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get into what got you into the field of mindset coaching of counseling to begin with. So what, what was it years ago that sparked your interest into getting into this field to begin with? So what got me into the field was the impact that my middle school counselor had on me. Um, I was this, you know, middle schooler who was kind of probably just doing all kinds. I don't know. I was just... <laughs> I needed you're some awesome. guidance. I bet you're probably awesome. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I needed some guidance. <laughs> and so I had um, a middle school counselor who really invested time and interest into me. Um, I was, you know, I had a single mother who was very busy. Um, and, you know, all the kudos to single moms out there. You guys do an amazing job. And moms in general, of course. Um, but I needed someone who was going to invest time in me. Um, and that was my middle school counselor. And she made such an impact on me at such a young age that I, at that point, I was like, I kind of want to do what she does because I felt heard. I felt seen. I felt like someone cared about me. I felt like someone, and it's so interesting, but, you know, as an adult and as a, as a master's student, and you learn about all the theories of, of counseling and, and how you help people work through their emotions and their thoughts and their actions and, and all that stuff. Um, she was she was practicing, um, you know, theories of, of counseling on me. I didn't even realize it at, the, at that age, you know. And so um, she was able to help me, you know, kind of dial it back and think about, okay, what are you thinking about that in turn leads to your actions? And then in turn, how does that get you to the result you're looking for? Sure. And for an adolescent, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a great point, right? Um, and so at that point, I really got intrigued in our mind and how we think and how that affects our lives. And and when we really look at the big picture, you know, it's it's so much more than sometimes what we realize. And it's so simple when we look at our lives and we say like, OK, this is the life I want or this is how my life is going. And if we have any kind of health condition or if we have, you know, something that we're aspiring to, we do all the work to get us there. But sometimes we forget our mind and we forget to feed our mind and we forget to, um, you know, to treat our mind just as we would do any other portion of our body. And so um, that was my first exposure to counseling. 
um, that really got me going. And just the interest in, interest in our brains and, and um, just our body in general is what got me into counseling and mindset coaching. Something I really appreciate is how, um, you know, over the years, for whatever reason, mental health as a topic of discussion has been taboo for a long time. And I'm appreciative of the fact that it's beginning to be less and less taboo. Um, I mean, we can look around, uh, you know, any any neighborhood and there's a gym within a block of every. Definitely. Because people are, you know, pretty quick to advocate uh, for physical health, which I which I'm also an advocate of. I mean, I'm I'm supportive of physical health. But I also think it's important that we um, advocate for our brain health as well. I mean, being able to exercise the most valuable asset that we own, which is our mind, is critical. And we shouldn't be treating this as a as a taboo topic. When someone goes to counseling, that's that, that shouldn't be viewed as a negative thing. I mean, you're going to counseling because you want to be able to feed your mind the right things. You alluded to, I'm going to ask you to touch on that, but, but you also alluded to how our thoughts will ultimately dictate the results that we're trying to achieve. Can you speak more on that? Yeah. So, um, when I started my master's, uh, you know, you're exposed to all these different theories of counseling. And one that really sticks with me is cognitive behavioral therapy. And we start with what are our thoughts? Like, what are we thinking? Um, and then how does that in return drive our actions? And then how does that get us where, you know, with it, the outcome that we're looking for? And so I also remember at a time when I was um, doing counseling at a psychiatric emergency treatment center, and we were working with people who had pretty severe um, mental health disorders. And this was when I was, you know, doing my internship and I was, you know, a fresh new, I hadn't gotten my master's yet. And, and I hadn't actually seen a therapist work CBT with, with a client or, or with someone who, who was, was in need of it. And, you know, he broke it down as like A, B, and C. And A was our thoughts. He was like, okay, like if somebody cuts you off, you know, while you're driving, which happens a lot in Houston, you know, like, your initial thought is 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 A, right? And then if our, you know, our B is, oh my gosh, I'm going to do something very negative, right, to that other person, that drives us to a C that Let either number one or <laughs> exactly. you're a great driver. Right. And so he went down this like, you know, kind of a negative experience of like, you know, somebody cuts you off. You tell them that they're number one, right? And then that could result in a fender bender or it could result in even just you allowing that negative energy into your, into who you are for that day, right? And then that takes you down a spiral of negativity and and hate and and all this other stuff. And the other, you know, example that he gave or, you know, just the, the other side of that was somebody cuts you off and you take a second and, you know, your B is, okay, this is my thought is, oh my gosh, this person has cut me off and I'm so angry. I'm so upset. But my, the B in between that before they get to the B is, okay, there's more thought there, right? Is maybe this person is in a hurry. Maybe they got to go somewhere or, you know, maybe, maybe there were, I left a gap and they thought they could get in front of me or whatever it might be. And that in return gave us, you know, allows the person to have a reaction that's not as negative then it's maybe like, okay, I'm just going to ignore this, right? Because at the end of the day, we also a lot of times have the option to ignore things that occur in our lives rather than to feed it negativity, right? We can ignore it. And so what if it was like, okay, I could ignore it. I could, you know, 
give them more space to let them go through. I could, you know, all of these positive things that weren't as negative that then in return, he was like, you know, you can avoid all those other things if you just take a second, take a breath. And I think you talk about the three P's, pause, process, and pivot, right? right? And, and so when we really just look at it as more of a big picture, and we think about like our actions and how those can, our thoughts, excuse me, and how those can dictate our actions. And I always say our C is the outcome that we're looking for. So sometimes we don't realize like, you know, I'm looking for, you know, not a fender bender today or whatever it is. But if we if we pause and we just say, okay, wait a second, like I have a lot of other things to do today other than to get my insurance information out and get my ID out and all this other stuff. Sometimes it's easier to just take a second, go towards the positive. I know it's harder. It t- it's more mature, right? Sometimes it's more mature to ignore it becomes things. easier too, though. It does. It becomes so much easier. And also, just to kind of kind of go off on another thing, sometimes, you know, something that I tell our kids often is there are things you can control and there are things you can't control. And also, it takes nothing to be kind. It takes absolutely nothing to be kind. Even if someone does something wrong to us or someone does something that we don't like, it takes nothing to be kind to someone. And kindness can make, like, truly make someone's day. It really can. And so, and the term killing somebody with kindness is very true because sometimes, you know, people don't realize, like, people. sometimes people don't realize that when things occur that are negative, if somebody cuts you off or somebody talks to you disrespectfully, um, if you re- if you return kindness to them, you are disrupting the flow of negativity, yeah, right? And so you are saying like, okay, you, you were unkind to me, but guess what? I'm going to feed you kindness. And then that person might be like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry that I spoke to you like that. Or I'm sorry that I, you know, cut. Oh, were you standing there in line? I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Right. And so it kind of disrupts that flow of negativity and disrespect or whatever it might be. And it just kind of cuts it off. You're you're changing your way of thinking. You're inevitably changing their way of thinking. And there's so much power in positivity. Speaking of thinking, you and I uh, began a practice a couple years ago, which we don't do every day, but we've done quite a bit. And we did for about six months straight where that is we're practicing gratitude every day. For about six months straight and i remember that being such a powerful um factor in our relationship because what we're able to do is we're able to wake up and each share with each other three things that we're grateful for on a daily basis and and each day like there there might be some things that we repeat which is perfectly fine and we're still grateful for it right there's a quote from uh, oprah winfrey that i love and she says uh when you concentrate on what you or be thankful for what you what you have and you'll end up having more if you concentrate on what you don't have, you'll never, ever have enough. And yeah. if we're able to wake up each morning, share what we're grateful for, we're able to, to, to start the day with a fresh new perspective, and we're able to really think about the, the positive things in our life and start stacking those wins throughout the day, it, changes, it, it, could, it could change the trajectory of your day. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, but but I, I like how you, know, you, you alluded to the three Ps. We're pausing, we're processing, we're pivoting. Uh, you know, once we take that breath and pause, we're able to process what we're feeling and why we're feeling it. We're starting to get perspective on things. And with perspective, the way that we view things drives the way that we do things. So we can then pivot accordingly yeah. and start doing things 
significantly differently. And I'll say this, you know, it's not easy. Yeah. It takes a lot of practice. Oh man, it takes so much practice. Um, and when we think about our brain and how our brain creates these pathways and which in return create like instinctual actions that we have, the more we feed our brain negativity and the pathways it creates, that is so much more work that we have to to do in a in the positive and in order to kind of reverse all those bad habits that we've taught our brain, right? And so it's not easy to pause, to pivot, to pause, process, and pivot. It's right. not easy at right. all. But the more you practice it, and the, that's the more it becomes instinctual, the more it's, it becomes easier, the more you're able to, to do it without even realizing, the more you're able to encourage others to do it, the more you're able to identify it in yourself and identify it in others. Because I know for me, like, I, I've had a hard time with pausing and processing and pivoting. Like that was something that I was like, oh my gosh, because I can tend to be more of the instinctual person to just kind of like, I see something, but I don't necessarily process it and I don't pivot all the time. But the more I practice it, oh my gosh, like it can be a complete game changer. And I have noticed that in other people is like, hey, like what's going on? Let's talk about it first before we just react right. because right. it's so much easier to just react than it is to really take a second. And when we take a second, our brain gets more oxygen that helps us be able to make more conscious and intentional decisions and actions, right? When we, like how you say, you know, when our emotions are high, our IQ is low. I love to say it's also because we are, when we have, when we have an emotion that's way up here, our, the oxygen in our brain kind of goes way down here mm -hmm. because everything in our body is going toward that, right? Our brain isn't able to really receive the oxygen that it needs to be able to take a second and say, hold on a second, let me think about this action and make it a um, an intentional action versus an instinctual action. Emotional maturity is having feelings but not letting our feelings have us what you just described is the benefits of having a mindset coach in your life or Definitely. a counselor in your life. So if you recognize that you're someone who struggles with emotional regulation, struggles with managing your thoughts, this is why having a mindset coach can be so beneficial. Let me ask you, Jean Vier, um, describe your greatest win as a mindset coach or a counselor. So I would say my greatest win is. And I'll say this, when you work in mental health, sometimes, oftentimes, actually, you never know, like, what the person's going to bring in that day, right? Sometimes you see it behind their eyes. Sometimes you see it in the way they, their their mannerisms and, you know, their body mannerisms. Um, but sometimes you never really know until you really start talking to somebody, like, what they're bringing in that day. And so I would say my greatest win as a mindset coach and as a counselor is saving lives. Um, it 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 wasn't until I saved, and I say saved my first life, is when you have someone who's coming to you, and maybe they don't realize that they're severely depressed, or they know that that they are maybe per se looking at 
doing some drastic changes in their life that would be very, very negative, um, that would have a negative effect on all the people around them. Um, and you're able to identify that and be the person for them to create the pause, create the process, and create the pivot, that saves lives. And so, you know, it's been really, it was really interesting for me the first time that I was able to say, okay, like this person is about to make some very negative decisions. And so let's pause, let's get you into the right hands and let's save a life. And so I think, you know, when I look at at the big picture, that that's definitely been one of my greatest wins. Um, as a mindset coach and as a counselor. There's certainly a lot of different situations and scenarios that you have um, experienced as a, a counselor and a coach before. What advice would you have for someone who's looking to get into the field of mindset coaching or mental health? So I would say something that I, and and I, lo- I look at that question and I think to myself, like, I know I had an interest in mental health and I had an interest in the brain and, and, um, those things were really drivers for me to get into the profession. Um, but something that is very interesting to me when I thought about that is, oh, this is something that I would have done but didn't do. And I think it would be really interesting to connect with other therapists that are counselors or psychiatrists or psychologists, someone in the field of mental health in different settings that work with different populations that see different mental health disorders. So for instance, someone who is a school counselor, if you could go shadow them for a day, or if you can interview them, you can't really go inter- shadow a therapist because a lot of our, their work is confidential, but interview them, ask to take them out for a coffee or ask to take them out for, for lunch. You know, Collect some questions that you find might be interesting for you and see just kind of what their day looks like. So I would say, do whatever you can to put yourself in the environment of people who are doing what you want to do. And so interviewing, you know, a school counselor, interviewing someone who has their own private practice, if that's possible, interview someone who works in a private practice, but they don't run the private practice, um, interview someone who does psychiatric emergency work if you can. And if you're looking for these people, it's Google. Google's the easiest way. When I was doing my master's, um, I had to find all my internships. And so, I mean, Google was my best friend. I was like Googling people because I didn't know any connections at the time, right? And so Google was my best friend. And you just got, you hit the pavement and call as many people as you can. And just the more you can immerse yourself in that environment with those types of people, with the people who are doing what you're interested in, you get more of a an honest, I feel like, you know, uh, glimpse into what they're work looks like and it's able to give you an idea of that's something that you're really interested in Um, because also there are so many different avenues in mental health counseling you can be a specialist in ADHD you can be a specialist in ADD you can be it you can do psycho evaluations for kids who are maybe neurodivergent and that is affecting their education right and so you're able to not necessarily be a therapist but you're able to identify um educational differences that might help a child learn better, right? And so there are so many different avenues. And so just kind of immersing yourself in all of it to give you an idea of what you're interested in um, really helps. I think that really helps. That'd be an incredible learning experience. 
Well, um, next question. This is for the listener, someone who maybe they're not regularly working with a mindset coach or a counselor right now, but they're in a, they're in a dark place. They're struggling with their thoughts. They're struggling with their emotions. They're struggling just living above the line, if you will, yeah. and, and, and having that, that positive um, um, mental space. What advice would you give to that person right now in the place that they're in? I would say talk to someone. Find someone that is trusted that you can talk to um, just to share your thoughts, share where you are in that moment for that day, and, fi- and also find yourself in a safe space. Whether that is what, like, whatever your creature comfort is, what it could be your couch with the blanket, with the cat, with the dog, it could be with some chocolate, or it could be, you know, I will always advocate for healthy coping mechanisms. So, <laughs> a Dr. Pepper <laughs> or Mr. Pib if you're in the North or whatever. But <laughs> I say, Dr. Pepper, t- tell us you're in Texas without telling us you're in Texas. Exactly. Dr. Pepper is the only one. But talk to, talk to your safe, trusted person if you have one and find yourself in a safe space whatever that may be so i think those would be two of the things you're saying such a key word too and that is safe you know something that you do a fantastic job of with anyone that you're working with is you create safety and trust so that you can provide clarity and direction i think you do a phenomenal job with that uh janvier last question um in regards to you know the, the the topic of this entire episode is really how we can level up emotionally you've already shared a lot of great information on how we can begin that process. So if I were to ask you to share some more, what what are some practical steps we can take to level up emotionally? So there are quite a few. <laughs> um, I think, you know, when I think about mental health, I kind of view it as a toolbox, right? And you can never have too many tools in your toolbox. And so, um, you know, you pick... At whatever point in life it, you're at, you pick what works for you and you roll with it. There are things that don't work. It's kind of like a, an elective. Okay, I'm going to use this today or I'm not going to use that today, right? So um, how, whatever works for you and the time, then you just pick it up and use it from your toolbox. Um, so something that I often forget the importance of is our diet, Right. Our diet is so important. It is so very important in... Did you mean to say diet, Dr. Pepper, earlier? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, I meant to say water. I'm kidding. <laughs> Alkaline water. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. speak, speak to that diet. Speak to it, though. Yeah. So, we, whatever we put in our body, we are going to see the aftermath of, for lack of better terms. And so... When we think about our bodies and we think about what we eat, I feel like it, my impression is oftentimes, and maybe is lack of of knowledge or whatever, we think about diet as you know what physical results we want to see. Like I want to be thinner, or I want to have more muscles, or I want to be this, or I want to be that, or I want clear skin, or whatever it might be, or I drink more water because I want to have clear skin. But something that you know, I often also have to bring myself back to is how important our diet is for our brains, right? If you ever notice, like, I'll say this, we have a pretty clean diet, I would say. I mean, it's not perfect. I think it's pretty clean. (laughs) 
But sometimes I'm like, I would have, you know, this or I want to have a burger, you know, not that burgers are bad. Burgers are amazing. Burgers are so great. They're perfect. Hear me out loud, right? Um, But when you have a clean diet and you start kind of adding in things that your body isn't quite used to, they're just because you feel like it or whatever it might be. Often, every single time afterwards, I wake up the next day and I'm like, why did I eat? Why did I do that? Those crumble cookies, they be getting you something. They hit, y'all. I'm going to say what the kids say. They hit. That's what they say, right? I think so. That's what they say. We're cool now. We're cool now. I'm a cool mom. But I always wake up and I'm like, gosh, why did I? I be, Not because of I'm trying to get this or trying to get that, but it's because of how my body feels. And my body is saying like, get your own VA. Like, why didn't you put that in me? Like, it was great in the time. Like, it was great in the moment. But... Then I notice, like, I don't think it's clear that day. Yeah, I'm not as inclined to get up and move around and do all the things I want to do because I might feel sluggish or I feel foggy or whatever it might be. And maybe this is an exaggeration, but there is scientific evidence that our brain metabolizes what we eat. And if we want to have our thoughts clear and if we want to have our, in return, have our actions clear, we got to put something in our body to help produce that, right? Good. To help produce that. And so I think diet is super important. And diet kind of wheels us into our sleep. You know, it's really hard sometimes to get enough sleep. But sometimes when you eat better, you sleep better. Yeah. Because on those nights that I said, and it's usually in the evening where I have like, and when I say, let me just back up. When I say that like I'm eating like not clean Y'all, I will have like I'm I'm I look I look tiny, but I girl your girl can eat. <laughs> I feel like there's a trap. No comment. This is not a trap. <laughs> but I'll have like crumble cookies, and then I'll have you know we have four kids that love sugar, so then I'll have some of this, and I'll have some of that, and I'm like, oh, we're having pizza now. Okay, I'll have some pizza. I'm also gonna have you know some chips or whatever it might be. So I like kind of fall off the deep end with that, but. Uh, but then I, in the middle of it, I don't sleep as well that night, right? I don't sleep as well. And so I've also noticed like, okay, my diet is affecting the way my brain is processing my everyday life because our perception and how we perceive life is everything. So if we want our perception on life and our perception on everything we do and our actions and our thoughts, then let's feed our brain something healthy, Right. So it's my thoughts, it's my diet, it's the sleep, it's it's all those things, you know. Good. What about what about journaling? I know we've talked about journaling before. Uh, I, I feel like for, for me, something that I could do a better job of is more journaling. Same here. Um, so talk to the audience about how important journaling is to our, our mind and being able to find clarity and direction through journaling. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because something that I've, have started talking to my mindset clients about is journaling your achievement because sometimes we, you know, when for me, when I hear journal, it's like, okay, I'm going to write down, you know, my thoughts, or I'm going to write down this, or I'm going to write down whatever. Um, but oftentimes we don't really look at like things that we've achieved or accomplished, like in writing, like I did this or I did that. Right. And so when we want to level up, First, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of step back, take it back just a second and say, I always encourage my clients to set achievable goals. 
And we start small, right? We start with um, small goals that we can track by journaling our achievements. And in return, like that can help draw us to these like bigger yeah. goals. Yeah, ready to get repeated. Yes, that we want to, exactly. And so, you know, for instance, the other day, well, I'll say for myself, I wanted to get more organized in my schedule for the day, right? And so I time block, you helped me, thank you. Time block, you know, my day, and then I can see what I need to get done that day. And, but, but it all started small. It all started with like, okay, let me just sit down and take a second and block out my day, right? Which sounds big, but it's ha- it actually is really small. And, and like I told one of my clients the other day is, okay, if we, if we don't want to organize our entire day, let's just do our morning. So what is your morning going to look like? What do you want your morning to look like? And let's start there. Okay. Once we get that done, and maybe it's not even that you actually do it. You just plan it and you can look at it and you can see it. That's a small attainable goal. You're speaking to the power of visualization as well. And I think it's so important to remember, you know, studies even show that when we write down our goals, we actually have a 42% more likely chance to achieve our goals simply by writing them down because we putting them on paper and we're, and we're visualizing it. We're seeing what it looks like. We want to visualize what does tomorrow look like for me? Assuming that I'm going to get the opportunity to wake up tomorrow, what does tomorrow look like? For me? I'm going to visualize what that looks like and then can start planning accordingly. Yeah. All right, Jean-Vier. So as we begin to wrap up this episode, go ahead and share any others that you might have with us and how we can level up emotionally. Definitely. So... We talked about diet. We talked about sleep. We talked about setting attainable goals and journaling those, our achievements and what gets celebrated what gets, is what gets repeated, right? Okay, I love that. Um, something else I want to talk about is self-care, giving back to ourselves at any chance we can. It can be something small, can be something big, but always just giving ourselves, uh, feeding, feeding ourselves with, with some self-care Taking pleasure in the things that we've achieved is is another one that I think is really good as well. Making sure we connect with others um, and just focusing on what we can control and what we can't control. I think sometimes uh, it's really easy in today's society to get caught up in so many different things. But if we focus on the things we can't control and the things we can't control, it alleviates so many things that, that can spiral us down. Because even going back to you know, the person who cuts you off, you can't control that, right? right? Somebody cut you off, let it go. It's, it's, it's easy, y'all. And I, when you see me in my car, I mean, you don't, don't, I, you can't, I, sometimes we don't always practice what we preach, but the times I do let it go, wow, well, it feels great. And part of the reason, part of the reason I think it's important that we talk about this is I, I like that you just mentioned practicing what we preach. I think you and I actually both do a, a good job of practicing what we preach. But that doesn't mean that we always get it right. We're not perfect. And and so there there's plenty of times where we're both talking about pausing and processing and pivoting and, and each sharing with each other how we can get back above the line, how yeah. we can each be each other's rocks yeah. at times, I think is, is so important in any kind of relationship. And, you know, whether it be per- professionally or personally, it all goes back to communication. Always. And you and I being able to help each other and, and, and help those around us and vice versa. It all goes back to communication. Something I tell our kids often, which I feel like is such an easy phrase, is use your words. Use your words. 
Don't let them be hurtful. Don't let them be disrespectful, but use your words and talk to that person. Talk to that person. Josh, I'd like to say, I'd like to say one thing. It also feels so weird to call you Josh, but I'm professional. I'd like to say this. Um, I really appreciate you highlighting uh, mental health because when I first got into the field of mental health, there was very much a stigma. It's so different now. It's light years. It's been 13 years, but it's completely different in our society of the way people view mental health. And so I want to acknowledge you for having this series and including mental health in it because it's so very important. And I will never forget in my master's, um, one of my professors that I absolutely adored, one of the things that she told us was get a therapist, go to counseling. Every therapist needs a therapist. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this lady, she's got, she's written books and she's a PhD. You know, she's this, you know, decorated doctor and all these other things. And she's say, she's saying she has a, a counselor. And I'm like, wow, it's all about fighting the stigma and changing the stigma and changing the perspective. And it starts here. And it starts with knowledge as well. And so the more we educate ourselves, the more we talk about it, the more we invite the conversation, the more we can help change lives, right? Because something else really fast that I want to share is this work is so important to me because I want to see everybody have a quality of life that they enjoy, that they can say like at the end of the day, like, okay, I enjoy my life. I, we don't have to love everything, but like I'm content, I'm happy, right? Yeah. And so it's all about our quality of life. And if we can help improve our quality of life and I can help improve someone else's quality of life, it's it's a game changer for me. And so I want to say thank you for that. Well, I want to thank you for that. I want to acknowledge you because I can't think of a better person <laughs> to speak on this particular topic. You are incredible at what you do. Thank you. Any person who has the opportunity to work with you uh, would, would I would say would be considered blessed because you are thank really you. good at what you do. Thank you. jean Vier, how can our audience get in touch with you? Yes. So I would love to connect with anyone who is looking at um, even just being interested in the profession or if you have questions in it or if you have, you know, questions on getting your master's or whatever it may be. Also, if you're looking for a mind coach, um, you can find me on Instagram at johnvier.parnell um, at Instagram. And I'm going to go ahead and spell that's J-A-N-V-I-E-U dot Parnell, P-A-R-N-E-L-L on Instagram. Yes. Um, we can set up a, a connection call and we can talk about what some of your goals are and, and how we can achieve those. You can also find me through Limitless Leadership. Yep. Limitlessleadership.co. jean Vier, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, each episode, I try to bring you new ideas, new insights, and new information regarding all things leadership. So whether it's guests like jean Vier or topics that we can all relate to, if you enjoy this podcast, I think you'll enjoy my new book titled Leading a Legacy, which dives into how we can live today to make an impact for tomorrow. The legacy that we lead it determines the legacy that we leave. So as we leave this episode, I'm going to ask one more request, and that is for you to head on over to Amazon to purchase your copy of Leading a Legacy today. Please leave a review if you do, and don't forget to leave a review on this podcast as well. We would certainly appreciate it. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day. Don't forget to smile today. Tell your loved ones how much they mean to you. John V.A. might forever Valentine. You mean a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. <laughs> I'm Josh Parnell reminding you to keep leading well.